Our problem is to assume that we can just be productive all of the time and that we can do everything all of the time at our very best. But that's just not true. There are different times of the day when you're able to do certain types of tasks better. We can't just force ourselves to do everything all of the time. We need to be more intentional to make the most out of it so that we can maximize our potential and optimize our performance. Welcome back to the What's Up and What's Next podcast, the greatest podcast of all times. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so, so much for giving me your time, your energy, for choosing personal growth, for choosing personal development, and for choosing to be here with me. I feel like this is like our little time every week where we get to check in with each other and I get to share some insights that hopefully will help you and you spending this time and energy and giving me your time and energy on this episode, on this podcast, it helps me a lot. It helps the podcast a lot and it means the world to me because I really sit down every week trying to think how can I benefit the world this week? How can I impact the world this week? And I, I ask myself these big questions. I have these big questions I ask myself every week on how I can do better for the world. And the podcast is one of those avenues. So thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Hit the follow button, hit the subscribe button, leave us a review because it helps us so much and it helps us a lot more than what you think it does. And so it takes you a couple of seconds and if you can, that would mean the world to us. We all know that the basis for our success and how successful we become is partly based off our habits, rituals and routines, day in and day out. Those habits will shape who we become in the future. So knowing this, right, all of this makes sense. And knowing this, you're probably wondering, how do I make sure that I build the right habits to allow me to be more productive and successful in my life? And the key word here is more productive because we all have a level of productivity that we are able to achieve within our day-to-days. But the reality is how many of us feel like we are optimizing our productivity? And that really is the question. The issue isn't so much in building those habits, it's more of which habits should you build? What habits are the right ones for you? Which habits will accelerate your ability to succeed? Which habits are more likely to help you become more productive and successful? Which habits are more suitable for you and for your goals? And whilst everyone's answers are going to be different, because we're all different people, there are a set of habits that will enhance your productivity. There are studies and researches made on certain tips and steps and ways and habits in which you can enhance your productivity levels. So with that said, I really just want to take this episode today to share some of those productivity habits and explain to you in a simple way how you can practically apply those tips I give so that you can just start building productivity habits successfully from today, right? This isn't things that I'm giving to you so that you can go and implement in six months time. I mean, sure, you can if you want, but actually what I'm giving you today is 
things that you can practically go and apply straight away. As soon as this episode ends, you can just go and apply them. It's that simple. And I want to keep the episode I make and produce for you guys that simple, that practical, that helpful, that useful, and that insightful. So let's start. Number one, plan the day of tomorrow today. One of the worst feelings in the world, and I have to be honest, I've felt this many, many times in my life, but one of the worst feelings in the world, uh, and I'm not talking about heartbreak. Yes, heartbreak is a pretty painful feeling, but let's, let's focus on the opposite. One of the worst feelings in the world has to be waking up on the day and having to figure out what needs to be done, how, where, why, when. Look, just as I'm talking, I'm feeling stressed. Like legit, as I'm talking about it, I'm already feeling stressed. Your mind is rushing and you're stressing before the day has even started. That's how it feels. And as a result, you're obviously going to feel very disorganized, unstructured, and you're going to lack a sense of, what's the word, Um, direction. You're going to lack a sense of direction for the day. I know that feeling. Trust me when I say this, planning helps. So instead of trying to figure out what you're going to do today and feel stressed out about it because you haven't really figured it out and you're trying to plan it out on the go, I want you to plan your day of tomorrow today. So tonight, you plan for tomorrow. And at the end of every week, I'd even encourage you to plan for the rest of the week. How in advance you want to plan is up to you. But my point is, you have to plan in advance so you have an idea and you don't feel overwhelmed. Remember, planning doesn't mean that it will go exactly how you've planned it to go. Planning means you have an idea of how you'd like it to go. It's like having a blueprint or it's like having a map, right? You have a map and there's multiple ways for you to get to a place. You decided that you want to get to a place by using the particular route. When things actually go down, it might be that that route is closed, but you had a plan, right? You're not trying to figure it out on the go. And that's the point. Planning allows you to have an idea of what you're doing, when you're doing it, how you're doing it, why you're doing it. And what this does is it basically allows you to save time. It allows you to not stress so much and not worry so much because you are making a plan in advance which gives you a clear picture of what's happening exactly, right? You, you know exactly what's happening. Of course, things may change later, but to begin with, you know exactly what's happening. Number two, break things down. The biggest problem is we all have a lot of things to do. Even as I'm saying this, I'm thinking about the amount of things that I have to do today. And some of them are harder than others. Others are more complex than others. And what happens is just the thought of doing something automatically creates a lot of procrastination. And as we all know, procrastination isn't really our best friend, especially when we have important things that need to get done. What that means for us is, and the way I see it, we need to break things down a little more. If I'm doing a project, I wouldn't try and just do everything all at once. Instead, I would break that project down into smaller tasks. 
For example, if I'm writing a book, I might say that writing chapter one is one task, proofreading that same chapter is another task, and then getting a second opinion on it is another task, and so on and so forth. By the way, I am not writing a book. Um, I'm just using this purely as an example, but hopefully one day I will, but not now. My priorities are set somewhere else right now, but just wanted to put it out there that this is just an example, but I'm sure one day I'll definitely put out a book to the world that will, that will impact the world in a good way. Anyways, back to the point. So let me give you a different example. If I'm doing a podcast episode, I will break it down into small tasks. So I have to figure out what topic I want to make that episode on. And then I need to figure out whether I want a guest or I want to do it by myself as a solo episode. And then I need to plan that episode. And then I need to produce that episode. And then I need to edit that episode. So you see how I'm breaking things down. So there's smaller tasks and they're more achievable. Notice how all of a sudden everything becomes less scary and more manageable because it's broken down into tasks rather than just having it as a whole. Plus it also gives you like a sense of achievement much earlier on as you can see and feel that progression as we complete those small tasks that will lead up to the project completion. In this example, for example, wow, I used the word example twice, amazing. <laughs> but in this example, or in this instance, let me switch up the wording for a second. In this instance, I know that by the end of this episode, I will have finished producing it. And that will give me a sense of achievement and accomplishment for the day, because I know that after it, I have to go and edit it and review it and whatever else comes after, comes after. But the point is, I am getting stuff done and I am visibly seeing that progress. Even as I'm doing this episode right now, I am progressing throughout the episode. Number three, single tasking is better than multitasking. <laughs> now, this is a controversial one, but I'm going to say it with chest because it's the truth. Single tasking is better than multitasking. The reason why it's controversial is because people believe that doing more things at the same time means being more productive and means getting more things done more effectively. All of that is absolutely untrue. It's not true. So first, let's address multitasking. Because even the idea of multitasking in and of itself is very misunderstood. People believe that multitasking is doing multiple things at the same time, but actually it's not doing multiple things at the same time. It's swapping between things quickly back and forth. It's not doing things at the same time. It's swapping between things quickly back and forth. And what happens when you are multitasking? You lose performance because your focus isn't fully into one thing. And that's just the truth. This is not me trying to get you guys to stop multitasking because there are instances where multitasking is useful. For example, if I'm going on a walk and I decide to listen to a podcast, for example, a podcast from the WhatsApp and WhatsApp podcast, I heard it's the greatest podcast of all times, great episodes, you guys should check it out. But if I'm listening to a podcast episode whilst I'm going on a walk, that's something that I can do and requires low energy. 
And I'm multitasking because I'm going on a walk and I am listening to a podcast episode. Cooking, for example, when you're cooking, just the act of cooking in and of itself is a multitasking act. And we still get amazing dishes cooked. So I'm not saying there isn't instances in which multitasking is good, because there are. But generally speaking, for the most part, multitasking is not going to be useful or it's not going to be as useful as you think it is. This is all in your head. It's all in your mind. I guarantee you that. The idea that multitasking is going to help you become more high performance is not true. So instead of trying to write an email and checking social media for posts and trying to read the news and planning your day of tomorrow, why don't you just make use of single tasking? Which essentially means to focus on one thing at a time. So you first focus on writing down that email. And then once that's done, you focus on checking social media for posts. And once that's done, you focus on reading the news. And once that's done, you focus on planning the day of tomorrow. Again, I'm just giving you guys random examples. But the point is, when we are multitasking five things at the same time, that means we are spreading our brain across. So we're roughly giving 20% of us to each of those things, right? 100% divided by five equals 20%, right? So we're roughly giving 20% of us to each thing if we're doing five things at the same time which isn't great. Whereas with single tasking, if you focus on one thing at a time, you're roughly giving 100% of you to one thing at a time, which is optimal and it's better because it allows you to really focus and perform at your best, simply because your focus is higher. This is about input and output. The more you put into something, the more you get out of it. So if you're only putting 20% of yourself into one thing, how much do you think you're going to get back? Do you think you're going to get back 100% when you only put 20? No, you'd be lucky if you even get up to 20% back. This is about input versus output. The more you put into something, the more you get out of it. So if you put 100% into something, you get up to 100% out of something. Input versus output. Number four, deep work. Most people mistaken the amount of time you put in versus the amount of energy you put in. And I definitely have spoken about time versus energy previously, maybe in my TikTok videos, maybe in a podcast episode briefly. But what I mean by this is people will go and try to do work for six hours whilst they're full of distractions in front of them. Instead of going to do work for two hours uninterrupted, undistracted, and without constantly starting and stopping, starting and stopping. Let me share with you a personal story. When I was at university, shout out to Aston Uni, which is the uni I went to to study computer science. Aston Uni has got a library and it's got four floors. The ground floor, the first floor, the second floor and the third floor. Let me break down real quick how the floors were sort of divided, just to give you a bit of the vibe. The ground floor was basically like the fun, the loud, the lit floor. It's where everyone goes to supposedly, notice how I've said supposedly, do work. Then you have the first floor, which is sort of like loud and sort of quiet, depending on which area of that floor you're on. And that floor also has like different type of 
academic support such as mathematics support, academic writing support, etc. Then you have the second floor, which again is a mixture of loud and quiet, depending on which area of the floor you are. And again, all of these floors have um, a component of group study, right? There will be sofas, chairs, boots, all with a component of allowing you to go into that floor as a group, or if you just want to go by yourself, it works, right? And then you have the third floor, which is dead silent, dead silent. And it's only for individual work. So you'll have like these um, desks, but they like, they have like separators in between them. So you literally just focused individually. And also you're not allowed to speak on that floor. So it's like dead silent and it's individual work. So now that I've given you a bit of the vibe of that library, let me explain something that I noticed within myself as I went to university. So when I was in my first year of university, I always used to go to the library with my uni friends and we would go to the ground floor. We would sit on some nice sofas and chairs and boots and we would just do work, right? Now we would be there for like a whole afternoon and somehow at the end of it, we never had any real work done. Like crazy, we would spend so many hours in the library on that ground floor. And somehow, by the end of it, we never had any real good work done. Because of course, it's a loud floor. And also, we were all trying to chill and have a conversation and have banter and make jokes whilst doing work at the same time. And so of course, you can't get much done. Even though you're there for hours and hours and hours on end, you can't get much done because you have all these distractions. Then eventually, as the uni years go by, I progressively started moving up floors until eventually uh, it gets to my final year and I'm just on the third floor. That's where I spend the time on. So as you guys remember, the last floor, the third floor is where it's dead silent, individual work, boom, boom, boom. Everyone's there to do a thing. No one can talk. It's just, it's on the focus vibe. And I spent a lot of time there because what I noticed was I could get more work in there by spending three hours doing deep work in that third floor than I could if I was trying to do seven hours in the ground floor. So notice how I, I could do more work or more effective work or more productive work in less time on the third floor than I could doing double the time on the ground floor. And of course, different people work differently. Some people prefer the loudness, others prefer the quietness. But my point isn't actually about being loud or being quiet. My point is in order for you to do effective and efficient work, the best way to do it is uninterrupted and undistracted, fully focused work. So you're putting more energy and getting more value out of less time. Number five, remove distractions. If you know you're the type of person who's constantly going to check your phone's notifications or scroll on social media, or maybe you're the type of person who loves watching football or loves sports, or maybe you're addicted to checking your emails like all of the time, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. If you know that there's something that is capable of distracting you more easily, you wouldn't want it to be anywhere near sight for you to even think about it. So you have to know what is it that distracts you. 
you have to make a list of all the things that you believe are distracting you, such as your phone, social media, emails, TV, sports, etc, etc. And once you have that list, you now have awareness of what will distract you. So now you know better. You know that when you want to go do work, that you shouldn't have your phone near you, or that you shouldn't have the TV on, or that you shouldn't have your emails on, you basically want to remove and reduce all distractions so that you can be more focused and productive during your work time. For example, for me personally, my phone is the single biggest distraction I have. It's massive. So when I want to do focus work, when I want to actually get work done, I literally will put my phone away somewhere I cannot see it. And yes, of course, I could turn the Wi-Fi off on my phone or I could disable notifications from apps on my phone. Yes, sure, I could do all of those things. But for me personally, I find it more effective to just put my phone away so that I cannot see it at all, which helps me to then be more productive, which helps me to then be more focused. And it works wonders for me. But this is personal, right? Different things will work for different people. The point is, find those distractions, become aware of them, make a list of them, and then create actions to avoid getting distracted from those things when you're trying to get work done. And number six, understand when you're most productive. Daniel Pink's book called When has an exercise to help you figure out your most productive time for different types of tasks. So I'm going to walk you guys through this exercise. Make sure you grab a piece of paper and a pen. And if you don't have any, maybe use the notes app on your phone because that will help you keep track of this exercise as we're doing it. So the first thing you want to do is write down your general bedtime and your general wake time. My bedtime is 9 p.m. My wake time is 5 a.m. Because I usually go to bed at 9 p.m. And I usually wake up at 5 a.m. every day. So now that you have this, you have your bedtime and your wake time, generally. Now what I want you to do is I want you to write down your midpoint of sleep. My midpoint of sleep is 1 a.m. Because that's literally the midpoint between 9 p.m. and 5 a.m. 1 a.m. is literally the bang on middle. Once you've written down your midpoint of sleep, I want you to listen carefully. If your midpoint is 3.30 a.m. or earlier, you are known as a lark. If your midpoint is 5.30 a.m. or later, you're known as an owl. And if your midpoint is between 3.30 a.m. and 5.30 a.m., you're known as a third bird. In this case, I'm a lark because my midpoint is 1 a.m. And if your midpoint is 3.30 a.m. or earlier, you're known as a lark. So 1 a.m. is before 3.30 a.m. I'm a lark. I'm going to explain what all of this means. Right? So I hope you took note of which one you are, whether you are a lark, an owl, or a third bird, based on your midpoint of sleep. And if you have taken note, now I'm going to explain what that means for you. So for analytical tasks, these are usually tasks that require focus. Larks do it best 
early morning. Third, birds do it best early to mid-morning. And owls do it best late afternoon to evening. For insightful tasks, these are usually tasks that require presence, both larks and third birds do it best late afternoon and early evening, and owls do it best in the morning. For making an impression, this is usually something that requires energy. All of them, larks, third birds, and owls, are best in the morning. And for decision tasks, this is usually the tasks that are planning-based. Larks do it best early morning. Third birds do it best early to mid-morning. And owls do it best late afternoon to evening. Notice how, based on the different types of tasks, based on the different times of the days, and based on where your midpoint of sleep is, you have higher chances of being more productive in different times of the day throughout different types of tasks in that day. Our problem is to assume that we can just be productive all of the time and that we can do everything all of the time at our very best. But that's just not true. There are different times of the day when you're able to do certain types of tasks better. We can't just force ourselves to do everything all of the time. We need to be more intentional to make the most out of it so that we can maximize our potential and optimize our performance. I hope that today's episode has been helpful in making you understand how you can be more productive, the things that you can do to be more productive, and hopefully this new awareness will allow you to implement these tips, these steps, which then will enable you to perform at a higher level. And I think that's what we all want at the end of the day. We want to be able to perform at a higher level, putting in more energy, more intentional energy, and getting more value out of less time. I hope this has helped. Please make sure to share this episode with someone who you believe will really benefit from listening to this. Share it with a friend, family, partner, co-workers. Share it with anyone you can. They might benefit a lot from hearing this episode and that would mean the world to me. Hit the follow button, hit the subscribe button, leave us a review. It literally takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the podcast and it helps us so much. Thank you so much. And if you've enjoyed today's podcast, then please make sure to listen to the next one to find out what's up and what's next. 